Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports, and from business to history, and everything in between, including your stories. Send them to ouramericanstories.com. They're some of our favorites. This next story is a war story. America, well, it's made up of great men and women, and we are as good as the people in our country And America won the Second World War because of men like fearless Freddie Water, whose story we're about to hear. Here's Greg Hengler. There are many incredible stories of courageous men 
incredible battles and heroes during World War II. Rear Admiral Fred Warder, a submarine skipper whose exploits in World War II won him a Navy Cross and a nickname he detested, was average-sized, possessed firm lips, a determined chin, with piercing blue eyes under narrowed lids and a smooth face. Warder graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy at Annapolis, class of 1925, received his master's in marine engineering at University Cal Berkeley in 1934, was married, and the father of four children. Having narrowly avoided the attack on Pearl Harbor, Rear Admiral Warder took charge of the USS Seawolf and set out for the seas of the Pacific to wreak havoc on Japanese shipping and quickly became known as the artist of submarining. Warder fought his enemy hard, but he also respected and loved him. Let's begin our deep dive into this story with submarine warfare guru John Gorham. I attend a church here in Baltimore, Grace Bible Baptist Church, and one of our church members mentioned that she had an uncle named Freddie Warder. And I said, I said, did you say Freddie Warder? And she said, yes. I said, you mean like U.S. submarine captain Freddie Warder? And she says, yes, how'd you know? Nobody knows that. I said, oh no, to the contrary. He's the ultimate submarine warrior from World War II. He's, he's just it. Most people don't know this, but the vast majority of tonnage that was sunk during World War II, enemy Japanese tonnage, was done by the submarine fleet, this, what's known as the silent service. These men paid the ultimate price, but something like 55% of all uh, surface supply shipping to the Japanese, both war shipping and merchant marine, were sunk specifically by uh, submarines. So these guys, to me, are the heroes. They were a very small, efficient crew that punched way beyond their weight. Fred Warder really did punch way beyond his weight, even at family gatherings. Here's Fearless Freddy's cousin, Ann Warder Lynn. I just know that if there was going to be a brawl, <laughs> Fred was going to you know, punch out the, the biggest man in the room, and he was going to hit him good the first time so he didn't have to go back. Fred wasn't that big, you know, and his brother Frank was big, and uh, he had broad shoulders, and he was, you know, it looked to me like he was at least a foot or maybe more taller than Fred, and Frank was an FBI agent, and <laughs> Fred just knocked him out. <laughs> He got that first punch and that was it. And Fred was gone and Frank was down and out. And my mother said um, to my father, John, why do your relatives always have to pass out in our room? And my father said, pass out nothing. That's a KO from Fred. <laughs> it was. He knocked him out. So it seemed to me that Fred fought with men the way he fought the war. You know, he was the little guy that had to get the big guy and he had to get him with one punch knockout. Here's another one of Fred's cousins, Hugh Fordyce. Freddie was uh, the oldest of uh, my Uncle Hugh's family. Uh, they had eight children and he was the oldest. And Freddie was valedictorian of his high school graduating class. I remember him as always had, having a big smile. Always, uh, he had a quick wit about him. Uh, his mother was Irish, you know, and he would make jokes about Catholics, and uh, even though he was a Catholic himself. No one in our family ever called Uncle Fred fearless or Freddy. He was known as the Admiral, Uncle Fred, 
Fred, and when my grandmother was feeling particularly stern, Frederick. <laughs> Especially when he was teasing her about drinking or about being Catholic or something. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. Here's former aide of Rear Admiral Fred Warder, Don Ulmer. Well, the instructions that, that came out um, from um, the commander of the Pacific Fleet was, uh, first off, it was the announcement that the Japanese had attacked Pearl Harbor. And the only instructions they gave was, conduct yourself accordingly. And then um, uh, shortly after, a message came out saying, um, engage, attack, uh, and sink uh, all enemy shipping uh, encountered. And that was it, very simple back in those days. The United States had already tried to stop the Japanese from uh, colonizing and, and invading the mainland of China and Korea. A lot of misbehavior by the Japanese Empire uh, in these areas that they quote unquote colonized. They basically invaded them and abused the, the citizens of the nations of Korea and, and China. And you've been listening to the story of fearless Freddie Water. And it's just underappreciated the role that the submarine played in World War II and beyond, and the risks these guys, mostly guys, took. It was all volunteer, always was and is, because it is unique duty, submarine duty, and it's dangerous, and, well, only certain types need apply. If you're claustrophobic, it is not a job for you. When we come back, more of the life of fearless Freddie Water, and we already love the guy, don't we? But wait till you hear the rest of this story here on Our American Stories. Here at Our American Stories, we bring you inspiring stories of history, sports, business, faith, and love. Stories from a great and beautiful country that need to be told. But we can't do it without you. Our stories are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. If you love our stories in America like we do, please go to OurAmericanStories.com and click the donate button. Give a little. Give a lot. Help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places and we continue with our American stories and the remarkable story of fearless Freddie Water let's return to the story and to Greg Hengler Here's Stephen Trent Smith, author of Wolfpack, the American submarine strategy that helped defeat Japan. In the late 1920s, Fred went to the submarine school in New London, Connecticut, and after that he was junior officer on a number of U.S. Navy submarines. And in 1939, he was the commanding officer at the commissioning of the USS Seawolf and remained commanding officer of the boat until 1943. War clouds started gathering around 1940, and his submarine was sent to the Pacific. 
and eventually to the Philippines, along with a number of other U.S. submarines. His submarine was at um, the Cavite Naval Yard in Manila Bay in the Philippines on December 8, 1941, when the Japanese attacked the Philippines. It, they destroyed a couple of submarines not too far away from him. Uh, he got her underway and left Manila Bay and was sent on patrol in the northern Philippines off the coast of Luzon, the east coast of Luzon near a town called Apari. He um, saw a destroyer outside of Pari, the harbor there, and he went to attack it. But then he stumbled on a seaplane tender that was in the harbor, and he decided to uh, attack that. And he got a really good, he made a really good approach. He had everything all set up. He fired four torpedoes from his forward tubes, and none of them exploded. So he turned tail because the destroyer was going to come after him, and, but they set up four stern tubes to fire at the seaplane tender, and they fired those, and none of those exploded. And the only thing that exploded that day was Fred Warder, who was furious about the bad torpedoes, and that became a scandal during World War II that for the first couple of years of the war, their torpedoes did not work reliably. And he was just fit to be tied about that. Here is Rear Admiral Fred Warder. If we had torpedoes, we, uh, we could have made a damn fun effort. But we did not have the good torpedoes. Here again is former aide of Rear Admiral Fred Warder, Don Ulmer. So uh, Admiral Warder knew that the torpedoes were not working well. So he actually went into a place called Davao Gulf, and there was a ship that was anchored there. But he was firing torpedoes at this ship, so one of the torpedoes went under the ship, okay, went up on the beach and exploded. So that was one, you see, it's not my fault, it's torpedoes' fault. And then um, he fired two more, and it was thud, thud against the side of the, the, the ship, and uh, they didn't explode, so that, that, that kind of confirmed that. And then um, uh, another one he fired, and uh, it was a, uh, an erratic run called a circular run. The, the, uh, the, the rider's going to lock over in one position. It makes a circular run, and the circular run would bring it right back uh, to about where the uh, machinery compartment is. It would blow, blow the ship up. We did lose a couple of submarines, by the way, but not, uh, but, but not the Seawolf. Uh, uh, when Warder uh, anticipated this, uh, and he had his sonar people listening, he knew it was a circular run. He went down, so the torpedo passed overhead and came back up again. Again, and he fired a couple more torpedoes and um, he um, finished the ship off. Here again is submarine warfare guru John Gorham. Uh, what they did was um, the Japanese uh, preset, uh, if you've seen in the movies, they look like 55 gallon drums being rolled off the back of the tail of a Corvette or a destroyer, and they were just basically loaded up with TNT. They would drop to a certain predetermined level based on, and the sensor that was used was a depth sensor based on water pressure, and then they, they would just blow up. And if you had, if you're uh, submarine vessel was nearby when one of those blew up. The shock was such that it could break open the hull or weaken it or, or wrinkle the skin and do all kinds of damage. The vast majority of anyone's submarines that were lost during the war were lost to depth charges. He talked to me one time about um, depth charge evasion uh, and um, the way he, he put it to me is that, well, you got to understand that what the, this Japanese destroyer, the enemy destroyer is doing is he's uh, 
making a noise and, and, and he's listening for the echo. Well, uh, the more aspect that you show uh, that ship, uh, the stronger the echo. So basically what he would always do uh, is to turn and point directly toward the ship. And that gave him the most narrow aspect. And even though it meant that he was going right toward this guy that was trying to get him, uh, the uh, echoes were, were just not coming back strong. Uh, they would come back weak, which would indicate the, that the, uh, the submarine was much further away. So the guy would go uh, overhead and he'd go racing out there and bang, 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 the charges would go off and um, and, and, and that's, that was the time uh, that he would make his, uh, his course change or maneuver in order to put distance between him and, the, and that destroyer. The strategy the United States Navy had with our uh, submarine service was to go after the merchant marine because they were easy targets. They were soft targets. We could sink them. They couldn't fight back. It allowed our uh, American submarine fleet to last a little longer. It was, it's a little more dangerous when you go after a Japanese warship because they can fight back. And the most deadly warships were corvettes and destroyers because the destroyers are very shallow draft vessels. If you attempt to fire at a torpedo at a, at it, uh, well, at least at a Corvette. A Corvette's even smaller than a destroyer. Uh, Corvettes are so shallow that torpedoes go underneath. And you have to be a very good shot to take out a destroyer with a torpedo. The vast majority of American submarine commanders wouldn't tangle with the destroyer, but that's not the case with Freddie Warder. Submarine commanders were a breed apart. A lot of them had a strong streak of independence. They didn't like being pushed around by admirals and captains, you know, and the submarine service gave them that kind of freedom because when a submarine left port, they had virtually no contact with the admirals and the captains. It was all up to the submarine commander. They didn't have anybody breathing down their necks. Everybody was required to go on seven patrols. And generally the custom was to for a, a captain not to press his luck. Just like in Vietnam, when a guy was down to his last month, he didn't go out on any scary patrols. You don't want to risk a guy's life. If he's made it through a whole year in Nam, you don't want to push your luck at the last minute. But Warder is Warder, and he's determined to make this very last of his patrols count. He was on his way back from the Palau Islands, and he discovered another anchorage or an area where there was a tremendous amount of activity. He sailed in, he torpedoed, and he was able to sink a 3,000-ton ship. Then he sank a transport. Uh, this is very valuable because not only is it tonnage, but it's Japanese fighting troops, men that will never make it to shore and, and, and threaten American lives. A 7,000-ton transport. That was a tremendous prize that he got. Then again, he was able to torpedo on it again on his on his way coming home he was able to torpedo another ship to the tune of 3000 tons so that means he sank 13000 tons in one patrol that's more than the majority of uh, subcaptains ever sank in their entire career of seven patrols in the south pacific how freddie water got that name fearless freddie he was the last boat out on patrol, leaving the Java Sea area, very low on fuel, very low on food, provisions. Um, <laughs> the men were smoking 
uh, coffee grounds rolled in toilet paper because they'd been out of cigarettes for a while. They're low on torpedoes, but Freddie Warder wasn't about to go back to his base with unspent torpedoes. Ridiculous. He'd never do that. He found out that the Japanese had invaded the Christmas Islands about 200 miles south of Java, and he uh, took his boat down in that way. He decided he'd just patrol the area, cruise around, see what's going on. As he approached Flying Fish Cove, uh, that's the one where the Japanese uh, had their anchorage. Uh, it was an absolute submariner's dream. Four cruisers lined up in a row, lined up in a row. And when we come back, we're going to hear the rest of this remarkable story. 13,000 tons in one patrol. The artist of submarining, the ultimate submarine warrior. And we're talking about fearless Freddie Water. Again, this is Our American Stories, always telling the stories of our fighting men and women. More after these messages. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free 
Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go places. And we continue here with Our American Stories, and let's return to Greg Hengler and his story about Rear Admiral Fearless Freddie Water. Here again is submarine warfare guru, John Gorham. He found out that the Japanese had invaded the Christmas Islands about 200 miles south of Java, and he uh, took his boat down in that way. He decided he'd just patrol the area, cruise around, see what's going on. As he approached Flying Fish Cove, uh, it was an absolute submariner's dream. Four cruisers lined up in a row, lined up in a row. He got in close, and uh, destroyers recognized him right away. He heard the pinging, but he fired off four torpedoes at a cruiser that was about a thousand yards away, and that's about as close as a submariner will ever want to get to his target. So he fired these four torpedoes. As soon as he was convinced that he had sunk that ship, he, he dove low, and his logbook reports that uh, the Japanese were very effective in placing their depth charges. So he stayed low, and he, he waited uh, uh, overnight. Uh, the next day, and he slipped out of the cove, the next day he slipped back in, and the Japanese, of course, were alerted to him. They were on patrol, but he was able to maneuver in again and nail a second um, cruiser. And again, he was uh, depth charged, um, fled the area, waited until later on that afternoon, he came back in and he struck a cruiser a third time. Captain Water comes in the very next day again because he wants to finish off this juicy collection. He's down to just two torpedoes left. They're on attack mode now because they're just absolutely patrolling the area. The water's boiling with ships going back and forth looking for him. He slips in because he's determined to use up his last torpedoes. There's one more cruiser left. It's flying the pennant of the Admiral of the squadron. He says, I'm going to take this guy out. So he fires his last two torpedoes at the cruiser and he hits them. But in the meantime, uh, the destroyers got perilously close to him. He dove down deep and he endured nine hours of depth charge from multiple patrol boats, corvettes, destroyers. Unbelievable. I, that may be the record for the United States Navy for this submarine fleet. Enduring nine hours of well-placed depth charging. 
and he says in his logbook, he says, my men were really at the end of their rope and he realized he had to go and there's no point in staying around. He had no more torpedoes. He's already taken out all four of the capital ships that were anchored at Flying Fish Cove and he returned home in victory. And on the way, the men said, we're going to call you Fearless Freddy from now on after what we saw you do. Here again is former aide of Rear Admiral Fred Warder, Don Almer. He later came back uh, as what they call a, a division commander or a Wolfpack commander. And that was after he was relieved by uh, Lieutenant Commander Royce Gross. He went into Christmas Island uh, because uh, they knew the Japanese were going to come there uh, in order to uh, you know, take advantage of the potassium. At the time, there were nothing but Aboriginal uh, people uh, that were there. And uh, to give you some feel for Aboriginal water, uh, uh, he got there before the Japanese did, and uh, there were facilities uh, there, uh, docking and that sort of thing. And uh, someone suggested that, well, maybe it's a good idea if we go in there and blow all that up. Uh, well, now, you got to understand, these. this is a war going on, uh, and these are just Aboriginal people. You would think that, you know, who, who really cares about them? Uh, Order did. And he said, no. He said, we're not going to go in there and blow anything up. He says, because uh, these people need this to make a living there, and we don't want to hurt them. I guess later on, I, I learned from um, uh, the person who succeeded him in command of the, the Sea Wolf, uh, Royce Gross, that he sunk a, a Japanese merchant ship uh, not far from uh, that, that place. Uh, it went down, there were two survivors in the water, and the water wanted to bring them on board. And one of them blew himself up with a hand grenade, and the other was, uh, he just refused to come because uh, the Japanese culture at the time, you do not surrender, you, you died for the emperor. And the waters figured he needed something. Uh, uh, so um, he actually uh, yeah, tossed him a life jacket and a, and a fifth of bourbon. Uh, the uh, Japanese acknowledged with a nod. And, uh, but uh, from what Water could tell that he was, uh, you know, uh, carried out to sea and ultimately was lost. Here again is Stephen Trent Smith, author of Wolf Pack, the American submarine strategy that helped defeat Japan. When he was uh, patrolling down in the Java Sea area, he sunk a Japanese ship and he surfaced and discovered a lot of Japanese just floating in the water without life jackets. So he had the crew, his crew, throw as many life jackets as they could to help the surviving sailors. He saw them as an enemy. I mean, the Japanese is truly an enemy because of what they had done, particularly at Pearl Harbor. But he believed that your enemy is also your brother. To be a successful captain, you have to have a crew that will obey you and you have to have a crew that respects you enough to risk their lives because he isn't called Fearless Freddy for nothing. He would take risks that almost no other submarine captain did. Well, some of them took risks and they just didn't live to tell about it, which is understandable. That's why they call it a risk. Um, but Freddy absolutely earned that title of being called Fearless. He absolutely was uh, fearless. And his men would go to the gates of hell and back for him. He had their utmost respect. Here again is Fearless Freddy's cousin, Ann Warder Lynn. He really did believe in a hard war and an easy peace. Um, he wanted the war to be fought hard and fast and be over with so that humanity could get back to being humanity because he, I never really heard him say an ugly thing about anyone. I never heard anyone say he said an ugly thing about another person. If you were with him, you just felt like you were the only person on earth. He really made people feel his warmth. I, do, I mean, you just really wanted him to be proud of you. 
and you were proud to be with him and you wanted him to be proud of you. And uh, he's one of my fondest childhood memories, actually. He went on to earn uh, two Navy crosses. Of course, he got a uh, Legion of Merit. He got two of those, a Navy Commendation Medal, Navy Achievement Medal, and uh, then the usual ones, the Victory Medal, uh, Philippine Service Medal, and uh, Asiatic Pacific Medal. From what I've read in his obituary and been told by my father, Uncle Fred really didn't like the name Fearless Freddy because he was just as afraid as anybody else on the submarine and his crew. And his crew were his heroes, whom he fondly referred to as his beloved sons of you-know-what. And uh, he felt and said that the real heroes in war are those that give their lives. Here again is Rear Admiral Fred Warder. How'd you get the name Fearless? <laughs> uh, well, I don't like it. Uh, one, I'm scared to death. Really? I mean, when I shoot torpedoes, I'm scared. Fred Warder became Assistant Chief of Naval Operations for Undersea Warfare in 1955. He commanded the Submarine Force Atlantic Fleet in 1957 and retired in 1962 after two years as Commandant of the 8th Naval District in New Orleans. He retired in 1962 and died at his home on February 1st, 2000. He was 95 years old. I'm Greg Hengler, and this is Our American Stories. And great job, as always, to Greg Hengler. And special thanks to Dang Lin Productions for allowing us access to their one-of-a-kind interviews from their documentary, Fearless Freddy. Check out the trailer and the film at fearlessfreddymovie.com. That's fearlessfreddymovie.com. And what a story we heard indeed. This Annapolis grad class of 1925, married father of four, and a leader. And in the end, a soldier underground. He rose above his fear and led anyway. And that's why he was the man he was, the artist of submarining, the ultimate submarine warrior. Freddie Water, fearless Freddie Water. His story here on Our American Stories. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. 
That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And we return to Our American Stories, and today... We bring you the story of Henny Jewelers, a fourth-generation family-owned jewelry shop with a heck of a story in Pittsburgh, PA. The story of Henny Jewelers began in 1887 by my great-grandfather, Rudolph Joseph Henny who was a watchmaker by trade, and he decided to start his own business. So he bought a building in the east end of Pittsburgh with a $5 down payment, and he and his wife moved upstairs and then operated the business down below, and there they serviced railroad pocket watches for the railroad right around the corner and began to sell jewelry, um, engagement rings, wedding bands, and did just about any type of service that could be done. He continued to operate that business into the early 1900s. His son, his only child, was born above the store in 1899. Rudolph Gerard Henny, or Jerry, was the next generation to come into the family business. And he carried that business through the Great Depression, which we actually have the original accounting ledger from the 1920s and 1930s. The Great Depression saw Henny Jewelers' sales drop 72% from 1926 to 1934. Despite the toll that the Great Depression took on the Hennies, 
they still managed to make it through with a little thriftiness and ingenuity. They were true entrepreneurs because back then, while sales were declining, they actually tripled their marketing budget. I think also being able to have the store fully paid for so they really didn't have rent. And at that time, uh, they still may have been living above the store. At least one of the generations was. Uh, so they were able to get through the Great Depression and, and carry on the business. Eventually, the business was passed on to my father. So during the 1960s, the area where the store was located in the east end of Pittsburgh, they did some urban development that changed things, which significantly uh, declined the commercial viability of the area. And we saw crime go up. And my dad finally in the 1970s, 1978, decided to move the store. It was a very difficult move because they had been in the previous location for 91 years. It was the store where my grandfather, his father, was actually born. And it was a real change, uh, a real risk for him. It, it turned out to be uh, a great move. And he continued to operate that uh, to the 1990s. I came in the business in 1992. My dad was very sincere when he mentioned to me about the opportunity to come into the business. There was no pressure. That he really felt it was a business that he enjoyed, but every one of us should choose something that we really enjoy and love. I had my own desire to come into the business. I saw my dad, uh, I saw what he got to do. I started working in the business when I was 12, and I would come in and run the vacuum and clean toilets and wrap packages. We used to actually make our own bows in the basement. There was a little machine that you would twist these bows up and I, I would sit there for hours and make bows. And, you know, frankly, uh, my dad is one of my heroes and if I could be like him, that would be a, a very successful life. Uh, so I had a desire to come in and do what he did. When I joined the business, we were doing less than 2% bridal engagement rings and wedding bands and now it accounts for about 35% of our business. And frankly, it's some of the most exciting things that we get to do. It's really fun for me to get to meet these young couples who are planning the next stage of life, planning to get engaged and then get married. And some of them I've gotten to see through it. Now in my 26 years in the business, I now get to see uh, the children who are graduated from high school and college when I sold the original engagement ring and wedding band years ago. My Christian faith is uh, very important to me. This goes all the way back to my great grandfather. In fact, right now on the credenza behind me is a little trowel that was given to my great grandfather in recognition of his help to lay the cornerstone in the new church that was built down the street, Sacred Heart Catholic Church, which coincidentally is uh, where my sister was married and where my grandparents, they were the very first couple married in that church. My faith has played an important part in how we operate the business and what we do here. It was discouraging to see young couples getting engaged and getting married and, and seeing the love that they have for each other and then encountering them five or seven or ten years later when they're coming back to sell the engagement ring and wedding bands because things didn't work out uh, so well. 
marriage and relationships can be challenging, and sometimes people don't prepare uh, as well as they might need to. As my dad said often, uh, he and my mother counsel young couples through their church as they prepare for marriage, and he was getting the impression that many of the young couples today were more interested in preparing for the wedding ceremony than for the relationship. And so we developed a program we call the To Have and To Hold program, where we give a financial incentive to couples to seek pre-marriage counseling through their synagogue, their church, through any type of uh, counselor, and we will give them a discount on their wedding bands if they show us that they have received pre-marriage counseling. In addition to that, we do give out a book to every couple who comes in to look at an engagement ring. It is uh, written by Gary Chapman, who is pretty famous for a book he wrote called The Five Love Languages. And this book is The Things I Wish I Knew Before I Got Married. And it's a great practical guide to help prepare young couples for getting married. And we have given it to thousands of couples now. And some of them have come back and told us what an impact it's had and how helpful it was. I know that many have taken it and read it and given it to their friends to read as they prepare for marriage. I generally tell people that I have never had an innovative thought that I'm really good at paying attention to what other people do and picking out what uh, has been successful in trying to emulate it, uh, maybe tweak it. Uh, but that was one that we did come up with on our own through a leaders collaborative that I went through about 11 years ago. And at the end of this leaders collaborative, they asked everyone to come up with a breakthrough goal where they in their position, wherever they are, could have an impact on the world. And I thought to myself, what in the world is a, a little dinky retail jeweler gonna do to have an impact on the world? How can I really impact our community? How can a jewelry store really do something that would have a meaningful impact? At that exact time, a very close friend of mine from college um, was going through a real challenge in his marriage. And that's what gave me the inspiration to see if there was a way that we could use our unique position uh, in dealing with couples as they're preparing for marriage to help them better prepare for marriage. Because it is neat, when you are selling an engagement ring, you tend to hear their story. You get connected to these couples and you get to know them in a way that most people in a retail environment don't get to know people. And it, we felt that through that, we might be able to speak into their lives and give them some resources that could be beneficial and helpful. Uh, and so that's our desire, our hope, is that there are marriages that are slightly better than they would have been if they hadn't read the book or done the pre-marriage counseling and maybe we're really even making an impact that there are marriages that are saved that wouldn't have been because of the resources that we've given them. I have four boys, the oldest is 16, down to 10, and they have all worked in the business in minor ways. and. Uh, one of them has come in and actually uh, gets behind the sales counter and is really quite good at it. We will see if any of them do choose to come in the business. Just like my father said to me, I intend to say to them that it is uh, an opportunity, a means to make a living and provide for your family if you're interested. It's frankly one that I enjoy tremendously, uh, but there's no obligation to come into this business. There's no tradition that needs to be carried on and they should pursue their dreams and do whatever uh, they feel called to and to do something that they really enjoy. That's certainly one of the things that I, I feel strongly about and I talk to our team, we have a, a staff of about 30 here, that 
we spend too much time at work. In fact, we oftentimes spend more time at work than we do with our families. So we should find something that we really enjoy. And I like to say, you should enjoy what you do. You should uh, like what you do 60 to 80% of the time. I'm well aware that there are bad days and not all things go smoothly and easily. There are times that you're not going to love what happened that day. But for the most part, you should be excited to go to work and enjoy what you're doing. And thanks to Robbie for his work on that piece. And so thanks to John Henney for doing all the things he does of family serving Pittsburgh for many, many, many decades. John Henney's story, his family's story, a Pittsburgh story here on Our American Stories. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.